How important is um, Rebel Without a Pause to the uh, to the career of Public Enemy? What did that What did that song do for for y'all blowing up or blowing up further? That was our first hit, mm. first street hit. Mm. We made matter of fact, we went into we went into making that record like it was a military mission. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Hank were blown away. We were blown away by Eric B. and Rock Kim's. I know you got soul. Mm-hmm. That we said it was inconceivable that a record could ever be that good. Yeah. <laughs> and we was hearing it, we was hearing it every day being up at Rush. But to show you, like, how, like, you know, when you hear the story about Motown uh-huh. and uh, competition breeds champion, well, it's something, you know, you come up, you walk through a building, you're looking at LA, or LL sitting in there with, with, uh, cut creators, or, oh yeah, it's Ron. DMC, you know, they outside on the, on the sidewalk. You got Starsky and, you know, doing some stuff, picking up a record. Right. You got um, the Beatles Boys, hold on, the, the, you know, they're doing, um, uh, um, you know, so-and-so tonight. You looking around, and like, and then, and then Eric B and coming through there, mm-hmm. that's the Sonic. Yeah. Like I said, this shit is, this shit is, I mean, in, in retrospect, in hindsight, looking back, I said, damn, this shit is. Motel. Yeah, yeah. Because if you look at you know, all that shit going on, so Aunt Barrier, I love Aunt Barrier, man. Eric's brother. Uh huh. He's the number one critic of us. Man, you know, this, and Chuck, you sound old. It ain't any cheapest shit, man. And y'all, you know, and the reason we sound a little bit outdated because we released a record that came out nine months after we did it because mm-hmm. we're recording the major system. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the major system, we ain't making no singles. And the singles, I mean, you gotta kind of like know what, you know, the temperature of the street in order to make something for the street. Mm-hmm. But here we are, we finally come out with Yo Bummer's show, which should have came out in 86. Mm. But it comes out in 87, and KRS1, and Rockem changed the whole game. Yeah. And, and then, of course, you got Ultra Magnetic. Oh, you have, you know, that's the Sonic, and we're like, okay, I get public enemy number one in 1984. Yeah. <laughs> you wow, know what I'm saying? At the end of the yeah. So I'm like, uh, it's the record that Rick wanted. This is, this, you know what I'm saying? But, shit. After I know you got sold, Jay, man, we were just like, we wasn't, we wasn't broken. And we was like, damn. <laughs> you- what the fuck? We just came out with our album. Just came out with our album. March 1987. Uh-huh. So, uh, Public Enemy number one, you know, they was playing it. But at the same time, Magic kind of dipped it. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, no more music by the suckers. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, that came from, like, they always think have stories of it. Molly, the beat is dope, but the uh, the rapping is kind of weak. Uh, let's not go through that no more. It ruins the program. But anyway, my birthday party is coming up, and uh, the Juice Crew will be there taking all, taking on all wannabe MCs. That includes Dr. Duck and the boys from Long Island and uh, Woody Woodpecker and the guys from Down the Dial. It's going to be a big disco. BLS will be there. We will be there, and we will take on all comers. 
Let's see if they be there. We'll take care of this once and for all. Meanwhile, I'm going to take a short pause for the cause, after which we'll be back with 30 minutes of non-stop rap attacking. I guarantee you, no more music by the suckers. We'll be back after this. See, Magic, the Juice Crew, was getting it from KRS-1 and them, right? KRS-1 mm-hmm. and Skylar Rock came out to WPAU. Magic knew that WPAU was like, not I mean, we was like, yo, that 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 station, right? Uh-huh. Out on the tennis or whatever, as far as, you know, I mean, we were a college station like that. Right. Anyway, make a long story short, yo, man, Chris and Scott came out blasting Magic. I mean, whatever. <laughs> right. Dates were made, that shit got back to Magic. Magic just clustered everybody in it. Ah. Uh. So... Molly, I got the tapes too. Molly is playing the um, Molly's playing Public Enemy Number One instrumental though, mm-hmm. and also the WAP version because they couldn't deny that the fucking you know this shit is hot. Yeah, but yeah. Who's a rapper on it? A rapper's coming out nineteen eighty six now. Right. This shit is fucking eighty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. It was easy for but Magic thought that we all was fucking coming at Magic. He was mm-hmm. like Dre. God, Chris, oh yeah, that's what this new thing they got public enemy, fuck them all, you know, that type of thing. Right, right, okay. <laughs> so we listened that on the radio. So it was it was a misunderstanding, but it was like, it was on. So I mean, what are you going to say, oh, what was another thing? I mean, mm. it was on. So, uh, again, another long story short, um, yeah, we had 86 style vocals on, on a very futuristic, remember um time bomb i think the first time i heard any of y'all's music if i got it correct um was the beastie boys came out on either the grammys or the bt or the grammys and they were dancing to the yeah. instrumental time bomb yep hurricane i tell you hurricane and they went after the instrumental time bomb that was crazy and then when i found the vocal I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah it was sick it was crazy I, it was like uh but um I mean, from, so, so from that point on, you know, all these things were happening at the same time. So, although we were supposed to come out in October 1986, Jay, mm-hmm. we came out October 1986, that's right before, I mean, you know, the hottest record in the summer of uh, 86, still kind of lingering over, was still independently, yeah. but growing. Mm-hmm. It was be for President by Melody and also South Bronx. Mm-hmm. 
So that changed those, those those records right there changed the whole everything. Yeah, they did everything. I mean, so we coming out. So we were gonna come out in October. They pushed us back. They pushed us back into March of '87. We were like, what? They said, yeah. You know why? Because the Beastie Boys got pushed back to October because Bruce Springsteen was coming out. And he pushed the Beastie Boys back to October and licensed the L. CBS, Beastie yeah. Boys the Bulls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Beastie Boys come out in summer of a like June. Okay. They, when they pushed the Beastie back to fall, that pushed our release back to spring. And then they were talking LL. Yeah. So LL came out, man. We getting pushed back to fucking <laughs> summer of 80. Yo, man, we out of the pocket, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and you, there's a lot of there's so many records over the course of the last forty years. Imagine it never came out, yeah, and then got pushed back on sample clearances or whatever on a record that sounded like '86 and '87. Mm. We was hearing it like, well, yeah, they got a little thing going on and all that. So the, the final straws were me and that with the old West period where Kumo D was still a student at that time. Mm-hmm. And he just played this new record by Aaron B. Rakim called I Know You Got Soul. Mm. And, and me and Hank looked at each other, and this DJ played this shit like five times, man. <laughs> and each time he played this shit, I swear, this shit got better. Because, <laughs> 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 Hank left that place and said, yo, man, that's the greatest record I've ever heard in my fucking life, man. Wow. And we had, and we had, and we, we just said, yo, man, fuck that, man. We could not, not, not go in and, and use James Brown. We got to go into James Brown to beat James Brown. 